Okay, I'm recording on my end. Should we clap? We should clap on three. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> you know, it was late. <laughs> Mine was late? Yeah, yours was late. Uh oh, are we delayed? I don't think so. Yeah, one, <laughs> two, two, three. <laughs> we're, we're overdoing <laughs> it. <laughs> what if we. What, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> we'll figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. All right. <laughs> we should be able to, to line this up well enough. It's fine. Okay. Double cousins. It's like if Bill and Alexander Skarsgård married Nicole and Antonia Kidman. Mm. Antonia is the lesser known of the Kidman sisters. Mm. She is an Australian journalist. Mm. I guess it must be hard being her, but maybe less pressure? Yeah, probably. Yeah. More pressure or less pressure? Definitely less pressure. <laughs> so That's a weird one. I didn't know there was a... I didn't Kidman either. Sis. Actually, I was looking up. Uh, I was looking up siblings, and Nicole and Antonio Kidman came up, and then I was like, "Oh, well, we have the scars guards, so we'll just match them." Mm, we'll just continue. Yeah. That. So, this episode, we are talking about our frugal habits and how we think those may be or are connected to being Asian and Asian American. And how those things were informed by family examples, what we think of them now, and how we balance those ideas and practices with today's consumeristic culture. So I think kind of an interesting topic because shit's so easy to buy nowadays. And also, <laughs> there's also this notion of like reusing things, being good for the environment, recycling things. So... Um, it's not just a, an Asian American thing, but I think there are some particular examples or practices that we see in ourselves and in our family. Yeah, we're going to kind of just discuss the juxtaposition of Asian frugality and contemporary consumerism. We're basically so, going to determine if we are frugal or hoarders. Yeah. yeah. Or cheap, I guess. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Which one is it? And what the know. difference we'll is. The bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think that uh, the frugality is uh, resourceful, um, yes. but also, yeah, is it just hoarding or? I think it's resourceful know, and it's economical. And so yeah. it's using things that you already have so that you don't have to get more things either out of avoiding having to pay for them or having to just generate more demand for production of things in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a big part of it, too, is just, I don't know if this would be a traditional example of frugality, but when you have things that you've paid money for, taking care of those things so you can get the most use out of them and the most value out of them. I think I am very of the mentality of if you have a thing, just in the most general sense, like if you have a thing that still function as functions as that thing, then you should use it until it's like no longer recognizable. So it's something that I'm sounds kind of, definitely healthy. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I feel like I've kind of gotten better at, um, uh, I guess, moving past that mentality and valuing like quality and long lasting things, like not long lasting in the sense that I can make them last for a long time. But uh, for example, like we've moved into this house and over the past two years, we've done like three purges of personal things. So it really makes me rethink what's worth hanging on to. How do I use these things? Do I really need them? Or are they just taking up space? Um, but before I moved, I had an Ikea office chair that I had used for probably about 10 years. And it was literally being held together by like duct tape and looked terrible. Like it should have just been left in an alley, but it still functioned as a chair and it's still, the wheels still worked and it went up and down and it was totally fine, but it's still qualified um, as the definition of a chair. (laughs) I could still put my butt in it. (laughs) So I feel like now it's kind of like identifying when the lifespan of something like that has really run its course. And also since, I mean, I'm an adult now and well, no longer I'm making a paycheck because I quit my job, but like I have money to buy higher quality things that look nice and are the way that I want them to be and not just super utilitarian and practical. Yeah, and I think so much of like the age and the stage of life that we're into, a lot of the big ticket items that we started out with anyways when we moved out on our own, we're all sort of inherited, right? And it mm-hmm. was to serve a purpose and it was to avoid having to buy a couch or a TV or a table. And so they worked fine. And mm-hmm. and I think that we've we've both used a lot of those things for a very long time. And as they've finally reached the end of their life, now it's like, okay, if I'm going to replace it with something, I used that thing that was maybe not of best quality for 10 years. And so mm. now I'm just going to invest knowing that whatever I get, I'm definitely going to be using for at least another 10 years. Yeah. And so it's sort of upgrading yeah. all of those basics, you know, of even towels of, okay, well, you could have a ton of kind of ratty towels and that's fine too. Or you can just have, you know, a batch of really nice ones that are going to last a long time and you know are made of good quality material. And they'll keep using the ratty ones as rags because they're still usable. <laughs> oh, totally. And then when they become unusable, then you just cut them into smaller rags. And, uh, and then you can eventually just use them as like, to light fires and stuff, I guess, kindling, <laughs> tinder or kindling or whatever. Yeah, just yeah. to use every bit of life ashes out of to ashes. You should use everything until it dissolves into the earth, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Cradle to grave. <laughs> I think one of the things when you you talk about like big items that have been passed down, just because they're like you might not be in a place where you can buy them yourselves, and I think our family too for a while it was like growing up and living in Phoenix and our parents doing the same, there's always extra dining tables and couches and random shit from homes. And I definitely have a lot of that. And there is a little bit of, um, like I feel bound to keeping those things because I know like 
that was my aunt and uncle's first dining table that they had in their apartment after they got married. <laughs> but I feel like there is in a sense because there is a lot of things that are handed down and there are there's like a heritage and an heirloom type of feeling to them. I feel like I need to keep those things, but that's also something I've just been like, you know, trying to get out of like just declining those things in the beginning yeah. so I don't feel that or just thinking about them in a very practical manner like this is when it's coarse and you know hopefully no one is offended when I get rid of it yeah definitely there is always some trepidation when saying no when saying no thank you yeah. <laughs> like I appreciate it and yes I understand the intent and the the sentimentality of it but also nobody needs six sets of wedding china so Emmy what is what is a big purchase or a frivolous or extravagant purchase you made recently that's really changed your life? You know, that's a good question, <laughs> Kalia. As you know, I hate food waste. And I will say that like, as far as investing in things that are higher quality and it like lowering your footprint overall, I've seen that when we've just recently gotten a new fridge finally. And as you know, our old fridge, which is the fridge that came with the house when we bought it, it was, it never really fully worked as a new fridge and the door became so janky, like it would, it was broken, but it kept food cold. So I guess it kind of worked. It served its purpose, but then like the back of the fridge would get so cold, it would freeze things. And when we finally just got a new fridge, it was like life changing. It's like, now I can actually see all the food that I have. And I can use the full depth of the fridge. And so I found that we are a lot better now about not letting things spoil because we can actually see it. And so I think it's stuff like that where if it's like if you have an organization system where it allows you to see things that you have already, that is going to be helpful in like trying to reduce how much more stuff do you buy. Because sometimes I have to buy something because I can't find whatever I bought the last time I needed that thing. <laughs> so I was reading some just kind of studies of Asian frugality and... And I thought this kind of made sense, um, especially coming after Chinese New Year, which is all about uh, wishing people wealth and success with money. Um, but also that's kind of a funny practice because I found that Chinese people, or at least people in our family, you're kind of a little bit uh, quiet about your money. You don't like to flaunt that. So someone had written that uh, is, is frugality in Asian families an exercise of being good with money and way that you can maintain your life without flaunting wealth. Uh, so I think I think that correlation kind of makes sense. I don't know if that's the mentality or the thought process that goes into like, I'm going to reuse this piece of wrapping paper so people don't think I'm super wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe it's, I mean, maybe the culture has changed so drastically too when you think about when our families would have come over from China, what the economy was like, what their upbringing was like, and then what it was like growing up in America, and then mm -hmm. the sort of explosion of economic growth that they've seen in, in mm -hmm. China and then other Asian countries. And so I think that there is mm -hmm. kind of this mix of, yeah, it is stereotypical Asian frugality of like, I'm not going to pay more for something than I think I should. Mm -hmm. But if, it's, if that thing that I want is a lot of money and I am rich enough to afford it, then I have no problem getting it, you know? Mm. And so, and then mm. it's also like Asians are very into status symbols too. Like they love designer things, you know? Mm. And, and so it's this weird dichotomy of they want to be frugal. They don't want to talk about money. They, you know, want to reuse some things forever. 
But then on the other hand of it, it's like, oh, yeah, look at my, you know, like, look at my Balenciaga. Look at my Gucci belt, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It is like the two opposites of the spectrum that can exist together in one household. I also think it makes sense in relation to um, like an immigrant mentality and a scarcity mentality, like moving to a new country and not being able to access a lot of things. Not saying that was the situation that I know for our family, but yeah, just like you got to take care of the things that you have or the things that mean a lot to you, even though they not might not be nice or they might not be in the best condition, but simply because that's what you have. So Yeah, and I think it's, you know, our grandparents are depression era, born as well. Mm. Grandma was born in the 30s. And so I think there is it's definitely that scarcity mentality of you don't think that there is going to be enough because when you were growing up, there wasn't enough. And Mm -hmm. we've never really seen that. But I think that we've inherited these practices from older generations who did go through Mm -hmm. that. Um, Yeah. And it's funny because it's not like we were told that you need to do this because this is what I went through and I don't want you to have to face this problem or hardship. It's just like you just pick up on that, like being around family so much and seeing those practices. And it's like, that doesn't apply to me. I don't feel like I need to worry about that, but I still do these things for some reason. And I think this way for some reason. Yeah, I need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Trauma, frugality, trauma. trauma. (laughs) You have generational frugality trauma. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's also part of, like, our our parents' generation and our grandparents, they're also very handy. You know, they Mm, can fix things, and so I think that that's maybe something that has been lost over the the more recent generations, and and there's definitely a revival of it, of repairing things and making them last longer. Mm -hmm. If it's it's something that you could fix, then don't throw it away. And if it's something Mm -hmm. that you could repurpose, then don't throw it away. And so I think mm-hmm. sometimes that does that does approach hoarder levels, uh, but I think for the most part that's a really good practice that everybody should take, and mm-hmm. and I think that maybe that's also why you know your partner is is also very frugal or like a very utilitarian is because he knows how to fix a lot of things himself too. Yeah. So he doesn't need a lot of things. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's something I, I'm not that way in terms of handiness. So it's something I really appreciate, and it's like. It's nice not having to call somebody for every little thing. Like we can just DIY everything. Definitely. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Greta, Greta would be proud yes. of that resourcefulness. Yeah. <laughs> Greta would the be one proud. Thing, one thing she would not be proud of, hot take. I d- will never use a reusable straw. They don't feel good. Paper <laughs> straws are bullshit. But yeah, if, I have a plastic, if I have a plastic straw, I will use it. 50 times before I throw it away. <laughs> Do you have a little pipe cleaner that you use to clean it? Or you're just, oh, you're just building immunity? No, I'm building immunity. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's mostly only water, though. So. <laughs> and whatever's in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But it's, it's my mouth. So. It's an ecosystem. It's your ecosystem mm-hmm. in that straw. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh super enthralling conversation (laughs) yeah where are we should we have a a commercial break yeah let's do commercial break paper bags plastic bags bags from fancy stores that are too nice to throw away bags from vacation that remind you of that place you bought that thing at bags made out of that gauzy cloth material that's kind of gross but sturdy enough that it makes you feel guilty getting rid of 
canvas bags that you bought because you thought that's cute, but never end up using them because you already have 15 you've acquired in the same fashion. You know, the whole universe of bags we have saved up for when you need a very specific bag to hold a thing or that one day when new bags are no longer a thing. I don't know what the hell we really save them for, but with the bag bag, you can stash all those various bags in a slightly more organized but still chaotic fashion. It's easy. Just rummage through your bag hoard and find the one that's big enough to fit the gobs of crumpled plastic grocery bags right alongside the fancy store bags that you've gingerly folded up to save for storing in your bag bag for a hella long time. My bag bag is an unbranded, thick brown craft paper bag with a rectangular bottom and black fabric handles. Exquisite, mysterious, roomy, and chic. Let your bag bag be an expression of your bag person self, but don't let it remind you that you have all these bags to theoretically reuse so you can acquire more bags when you're out contributing to our consumeristic society and ruining the planet through material waste. This episode of Double Cuzzies is brought to you by the Bag Council of America. Enter the promo code DUBCUZ at checkout and you'll receive a free recycled paper bag bag designed in partnership with Marie Kondo because all those bags spark some type of joy, right? That's why I've kept them all these years, right? Ah, see, you're doing the spiral commercials now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I realized this was a very similar format to some of my other commercials, too. <laughs> yes, yes. I have a... Light spiral. I, I like the part where you said, or when new bags are no longer a thing. Like, that's... <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm trying to imagine that future because we are going to get there for sure. We are. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. very close. Yeah, we're uh, close. like these people who are trying to do zero waste and going to grocery stores with like mason jars and shit and putting beans in there. Like we're all gonna be doing mm-hmm. that sometime. We're all gonna be showing up to grocery mm-hmm. stores with like boxes and crates and things to put it in. So <laughs> bring your own shit. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> good commercial. Yeah. I have many bag bags. <laughs> Many bags yeah. for backpacks. I might even have a bag for a bag bag to go in. <laughs> Multiple bags. It's like a nesting dolls nesting of bags. Nesting dolls of bags, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it ends up being uh, like one solid mass of bags, right? There is no airspace yeah. in between the layers it's of bags. A bag a bag brick. It becomes a bag it becomes a bag ball and then your kids can play with it and you don't need to buy them toys. So there you go. No. It solves many, many problems. Many, many problems. We solved all problems. <laughs> so what are some other examples, let's see, of frugality that we see in our families as well? I think there's a lot of examples that don't really have any use or meaning and things that I picked up like like saving plastic utensils just because you don't want to throw them away or napkins or sauce packets like a drawer full of sauce packets i always i always get cracked (laughs) up by uh the the rating of free things of like oh (laughs) that place has really nice paper towels in their bathroom or they have really (laughs) nice disposable napkins so yeah grab a bunch when you're there and it's like why like the three ply why do you need those though you know yeah it's not like i ever go to a family's house and we're using those mcdonald's napkins or anything it's just like the, I guess, uh, the ne- idea next time of, like, you visit i'll uh put those away then <laughs> out of embarrassment i guess it's that's been inappropriate a while. <laughs> 
No, use them. I'd rather you use them rather than just hoard them. So That's true. I do try to make a point. So I definitely don't throw them away. Like, I don't throw away utensils. I don't throw away sauce packets. But I try to actually use them so that mm-hmm. it's not just sitting in a Ziploc bag in the pantry. And then it's like, oh. I mean, they are good for emergencies, too, of all of a sudden you don't mm-hmm. have enough soy sauce for something or you just yeah. forgot that you don't have anything. So Yeah. Yeah, I would never use the hoard. Like, I don't have one in this house because I recognized I never used it. So I got rid of all that. But at my old place, I had a drawer full of that. And it was just like, oh, there there it is. Every once in a while you see it. And you're like, that's there to never use. (laughs) You need to put everything in one spot and then throw it all away and then start (laughs) over again. We have multiple of those junk type drawers. And Mm -hmm. it seems like we purge and then it fills back up. And then we purge and we must be running out of space as a people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need that drawer for something. Um, what, what other examples do you see yourself? So I definitely, practicing? so I think I, I realized that I was like at another level of frugality or I had maybe, I had become enlightened enough when I started rinsing out my Ziploc bags that felt like a next step <laughs> into something. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's definitely something that like my parents, my in-laws, our grandparents have always done. And, you know, sometimes you can't get it totally clean to the point where you would want to reuse it again. Like there's a line. I still have a line. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of how hard it's just gonna... like some crumbs or something. Like if it's not completely it's mostly dry, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Even if there's a little bit of germs in there, it's good. It builds up some <laughs> immunity. So yeah. 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 So I think like rinsing uh, plastic bags or reusing plastic bags. Mm. Um, and then I think just, yeah, trying to use up the one one use one or single use or disposable things that we get mm-hmm. uh yeah. as opposed like to this. yes exactly and, and drinking water out of this good nice <laughs> nice it's a mcdonald's <laughs> cup a mcdonald's plastic cup that's <laughs> my big goal <laughs> that's why you were talking about mcdonald's napkins because that's what you're currently using this is it's not mcdonald's but yeah it kind of looks yeah. like it <laughs> yeah i think when i where i border on hoarder <laughs> <laughs> the hoarder line, I suppose, is what we can call it, uh, is I save a lot of interesting looking materials, like pieces of paper or like packaging materials. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's definitely inherited from something that I saw grandma doing a lot growing up. Oh, yeah. Because she would always use little baubles and things in artwork. And mm-hmm. so... I do that, but I also just kind of tell myself that I'm going to do that. And so then I, like, literally have, like, bags of essentially trash in my office. And uh, and every once like, in a while, it's just kind of like, I'm just going to throw it away. You know, I just, I just got to purge. I just got to throw it away. This so. is literally trash. I can yes. just throw this This away. is literally trash. And, uh, and so it's like when it's an entire bag and I could just take it and very easily put it into the trash can, like, that's not a great sign. <laughs> So, uh, so I, I'm trying to get better about that too. Uh, my office is a, is a disaster, as you can see, and so I need to get that straightened up. But, but yeah, I mean, I will occasionally keep something that's like, oh, this looks kind of interesting, and then I kind of think about, mm-hmm. oh, how could I use it? Uh, and then mm-hmm. hopefully, I actually use it for that purpose. But mm-hmm. it is sort of uh, it's inspirational in a lot of ways too, of like looking at something and thinking about how you can repurpose it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the actual execution of repurposing it that I need to follow yeah. through on how a little you, better. How far do you get in that process? Right, right. <laughs> I get to the point of keeping it, 
and then that's where it ends. <laughs> not so, using it. Yeah. Thinking about how I could use it for a fleeting second and then never using it. Yes, it sparked joy in the moment that I was thinking of using it. And that was enough. It served its purpose. Do you do you hang dry any of your laundry or do you put everything in the dryer? So I try to put most things in the dryer just because mm-hmm. the volume of laundry that I do with two small children mm-hmm. is really huge yeah. too. And so... Um, if it's nice out and it's warm enough out too, I think being in California, it's not as easy to get things dry quickly as it is mm-hmm. in Arizona. And so that's a that's little bit true. tricky. Um, but if it's like big items, like, you know, blankets or comforters, I really, I try to air dry those as much as possible so that I don't have to mm-hmm. use so much energy doing it. Um, mm-hmm. but to be really honest, I hate it when you air dry clothes and they're all crunchy. Yeah. It's just, I and mean, sometimes I get, they get like a specific smell too. Yeah. Like they smell like, like nature like stale or something. Air kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you air dry a lot it, of stuff? But I air dry. Um, there are certain things that I air dry. It's not necessarily like trying to save energy, but because I don't want those articles of clothing to shrink too much mm-hmm. or. Um, like get too worn. So, but it, it's such a time suck because I have to, if I do a full load, then I sort through everything after it's washed, what I want to hang dry and mm-hmm. what I want to just put in the dryer. So I, I'm trying to get to the point where I can dry most of my things. Yeah. So when you have nicer clothes too, I don't know, you'd never don't want to put it in the dryer all the time. Yeah. That's a weird one. I, I read something recently that correlated hang drying laundry to being a very Asian thing. <laughs> so I mean I think it I don't, is for the most part. Like not just not yeah. I think it's sort of an Asian it's an Asian cultural thing of just, you know, washing and drying clothes by hand anyways. Yeah. Um so and, and wash, washing washing and drying dishes by hand also oh, not yeah, using or yeah. using your dishwasher like as a drying rack for things. I think that's a very mm. Asian thing too. Which I didn't yeah. realize because actually my like we never did that. My family always used the dishwasher. I think it depends on how many yeah. people you have. Like if you have a family yeah, of four, that's true. you're running a load every every day, and it's easier yeah. just to do that than to wash them all by hand. I hope mm. this is a really engaging conversation for our listeners. <laughs> this is like so fucking boring. Like, what are we talking about right now? I mean, I'm enjoying it, but it's going to be boring as hell to listen to. I mean, I'm listening to myself talk about it, and I'm like, I'm just recounting, like, how I do dishes? This is what people want to listen to? I don't know. No one one wants to listen to this. No one wants to listen to this. But I think, like, tying it back to, like, buying habits and stuff, I think that they are related because it's like you buy things to support the way that you do things. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like if you have a particular method or you have a particular system, you're going to buy things to make that easier. And mm-hmm. if somebody is completely different, then they're probably like, why are you buying all these things? You know, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. if I have it organized the way that I need it to be, it's all just going to be yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's like only you know. It's your system is. in your head. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. like expectation management. And then if you're not yeah. going to do it, then letting go of, of control of it. Yeah. Of just like if somebody yeah. else is going to take that task on, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've gotten to the point, especially with the house, we had multiples of cleaning tools and things like that. Like we had two rope mops and then I had a, I have one of those uh, spray mops that I was using. So it was like, we each had our own thing that we used. And finally it's like the rope mops are gone and we just used the spray mop, (laughs) (laughs) but it took time. It was like, oh yeah. 
and then it's and a then blending a blending of lives <laughs> yeah <laughs> a blending of cleaning tools yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, such an enthralling conversation <laughs> definitely <laughs> All right, listeners, if you've stuck around for this long, you deserve a second commercial break. So enjoy our double feature this week. Hey, Joan, your hair looks great. Oh, thanks, Sam. I love my new shampoo and conditioner. It always leaves my hair feeling shiny and bouncy. But what I don't love is how tricky it can be to get it out of the bottle. When it starts running low, I usually have to throw it out when there's still like a fifth of it still in there, but I just can't get it out. Are you some kind of fucking monster? You at least turn the bottle upside down, right? Well, yeah, but even then I can't get all of it out, and sometimes I don't remember to keep the bottle upside down, and when I'm in the shower and I need it, it takes too long to wait for the conditioner to slide down. Then let me tell you about this great product my family's been using for generations. It's from the same creators of fucking water. It's called Still Just Fucking Water. You just add a little bit, or a lot, of Still Just Fucking Water into the bottle, shake vigorously, and voila, you have more conditioner just like that. It's compatible with all kinds of other products too, like soap, even drinks. It's super versatile, because it's still just fucking water. That sounds too good to be true. Where can I find this miracle product? Anywhere you get your fucking water. It's still just fucking water. The Double Cuzzies Pod has a partnership with them. If you enter the code DUBCUZ at checkout, you'll receive a free gift that will perfectly complement your dish soap plus still just fucking water elixir. It's an upcycled styrofoam meat tray, and you can put anything you need on it, like your kitchen sponge, tiny bits of tinfoil, washed Ziploc bags, anything you want. Wow! You've really opened my eyes, Em. I see now that I've been a wasteful piece of shit. Thanks for introducing me to Still Just Fucking Water. Uh, uh, it's me and Buffalo Bill having a conversation. That's a good one. All right, what do we want to talk about now? Oh, one thing during the holidays, I didn't purchase a ton of gifts for people. I mean, I think our celebration was pretty small in terms of family. In terms of gifting and buying new things or just getting a thing for somebody for the sake of giving them a thing. I try more and more to give. <laughs> yeah, to not do that. Just to not gift in general. <laughs> just, yeah. just say you're happy just giving, birthday. You give, uh, yeah, you're giving people compliments as opposed to yeah. material things. Oh, so I you're very generous yeah, in compliments very, and you're very Scrooge-like in, <laughs> in material yeah, no. items. But if it is a material thing, like for my parents and then for my brother and his girlfriend, I gave them a gift certificate to a local restaurant, like small footprint, supporting a local business. It can be a nice night out for them. So gifting like meaningful experiences rather than a thing that's probably just going to get put in a closet for a really long time. So, I mean, that's kind of how I, I am justifying the act of gifting more responsibly in my head these days. Um, so yeah, I try and give things that somebody that's like a consumable so it's like a food kit or, you know, it's something for cooking. Like they're going to actually use that item up. And then also, yeah. And then really just the, the thought too, <laughs> as opposed to like, just like, oh, I'm just going to get you things for the sake of getting you things. Yeah. I'm all about a good card and writing something nice in it too, because sometimes that means more to the person than the thing. So yeah, maybe I'll just yeah. start. Yeah. Compliments. <laughs> Personal compliments. <laughs> For every holiday. It's going to be a, a voucher. It's going to be like a Kalia buck. And it's just going to have a nice, <laughs> it's just going to say something nice about you on it. <laughs> a compliment, a voucher for a compliment and a, a shoulder massage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, creepy. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's tough when having little kids because everybody wants to give them things. And mm-hmm. 
I want to set some boundaries on that too, but then at the same time, it's like I don't really want to judge or dictate other people's habits. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but but it's like, oh my god, we came back from Christmas and we just had so much more shit. And so then when we came home, it was like, okay, got a purge, you know, and uh, but it never, we never end up with less stuff than what we had before. So yeah, so there's gonna be a, 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 ma- a massive purge. Yeah, so that's why it's Spring like half cleaning. the stuff in my in my office is like clothes that the kids don't fit anymore and toys that need to be given away and that are being mm-hmm. hidden in my office so that they don't they can't play with them anymore <laughs> and see them. <laughs> It'll All be right. like a new toy if they do discover them. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to re-gift it for them for Christmas. I'm just going to wrap up their toys. I'm just going to wrap up all of their toys. They wouldn't And then know. they can just spend the day opening it. They would love it. They, they would. It's they just the process of know. opening it, you know? So yeah. they would be just as excited. But, uh, <laughs> so simple. Yeah. yeah, you better do that while they while they are still that, uh, that well, little. While I can still trick them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> while I can still yeah. gaslight ignorant my children into thinking babies. I got them things. <laughs> all right, what do we want to talk about now? Oh, compliments. Um... Oh yeah. Do you want to do compliments? Do you have? A- it's always, that always comes up of like, oh yeah, compliments. Yeah, I didn't think about him. Um, I can give you one. I have. I had thought about one as it related to the topic of the episode. Okay. okay. You don't. I'll yeah, take one. You, you don't have to reciprocate. It's fine. Because you know you should be able to give a compliment without expecting it to be reciprocated. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that should we'll be alternate. the format. We just switch yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. do that. So my compliment for you, Kalia, for this week, and it's very related, I think, to Asian frugality uh, and, and and so our topic overall. But I think one of the th- one of the things that I know that I'm particularly bad at, and I think this is why I admire it about you, is not assigning um, too much value to trash, <laughs> to basically. <laughs> and, and I think that you are very objective about the... Things that you use and buy and keep, and and I think that that and I think I've really seen as you've gotten older to your ability to minimize how much more you're like you're reducing your overall consumption. So then you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about like oh well now I have to get rid of things or now I have mm-hmm. too much stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think coming from the family that we come from where it is very much like do you want this it's brand new <laughs> it's like uh i mean yeah it would fit me i guess but like it's not i don't really i don't want it do it really you yeah. know and so i i think it it does it definitely takes uh as a confidence to <laughs> to, to say mm-hmm. no thank you auntie i don't need that you yeah. know and, yeah. and, to, and to feel okay about it but it's like it's a yeah, practice. Yeah, and, and I think that that is maybe why I admire that is because it's like you're setting a boundary for yourself. That's what it boils down mm-hmm. to, right, is setting boundaries. And and I think I've seen you've been mm-hmm. able to do that more and more as you've gotten older. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's, you know, it's, it's definitely seeing you develop what is your philosophy when it comes to mm. material items right and mm. that it's not really going to be con- or dictated by this is just the way that we grew up and so I see you making a conscious mm-hmm. effort to do things differently and I admire you for that so mm. yes a more unemo- a more very, unemotional very compliment very... this week yeah yeah no, I, I, that, that was a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. As you look behind me and I have like, like, 
so much stuff. You need to take out that trash. So much stuff. (laughs) This is not, none of this is trash, Talia. (laughs) None of it is trash. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, actually, probably, probably 20% of it is literal trash that I could just throw away. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so I need to get better at that, but uh, yeah. (laughs) It is, it's all a practice, though. Yeah, I I need to, I need to uh, absorb your joy of tidying the (laughs) joy that you get from tidying i need to get that too i think that i don't know where that comes from i mean my my dad loves cleaning things i don't like cleaning though it's just like tidying like putting things back where they should Mm -hmm. be and then i guess making a clean space yeah but that's just one of my strong personality traits mine i guess my (laughs) strong personality trait is being very very productive in absolute chaos like phys- physical chaos because this, my like my, my room or my office or wherever I do work mm. has always been this way since like college where mm-hmm. it'll it's a lot of things but I feel like it's not messy but it's a lot of things but yeah. I know exactly where everything yeah, is you're not distracted by I'm it. not yeah. distracted at all yeah. by it like I can be typing over a stack of something and then it'll mm. take me like 20 minutes to realize like why am I in this weird contorted position let me just move this mm-hmm. stack of things that are in front of me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't bother me. So yeah, it's all super subjective. Definitely subjective. I mean, appearance wise, it can be objective. Yeah. But yeah. Actually being in it is very subjective. I mean, I definitely have had to resort to using the blur function on the background because I have too much stuff <laughs> behind me and it's like embarrassing. <laughs> But even mm-hmm. when you blur it, I mean, you just see how much stuff. Like, are you in a are you in a junkyard? Like, like, how many blurred little items are there back there? Yeah. All right, listeners, that's it for this week's episode. I'll play the outro now. Like and subscribe. Thanks for listening to Double Cuzzies, where we're cousins and friends, but most importantly, we're family. Bye. Bye. <laughs>